0: Thank you for visiting my studio. Is there is there anything you like? I mean, yes. I like this, but there's like too much red in it or something. Do you have anything with mess red? Um, yeah, I have all kinds of paintings with all kinds of colors. I mean, yeah, I see that, but I like this one. It's just like there's too much red. I just... I don't think it's going to match with my couch. Do you, do you have any suggestions? suggestions? As a matter of fact, I do. Yeah. Yes? Get a new fucking couch. Ow! Oh, that, that was harsh. That was a bit harsh. Has this ever happened to you? If you've been in the business long enough. If you've been in the business long enough, it's bound to have happened to you. No, it's, uh, it's something that happens, but... That's not what this episode's about. We're not really doing a uh, do's and don'ts of collecting or collecting etiquette. We're not doing an episode about that. We're doing an episode just about collecting in general collecting from the collector's standpoint and collecting from the artist's standpoint because you guessed it, it is a symbiotic relationship. You're all working towards the same goal, and you really, you know, it's a win win. You want to collect some art that you really like. You want it to look good in your place, and we want to sell you art that you're going to love and appreciate for decades to come. And, you know, hopefully your lifetime. So that's what we're going to talk about today. But first, I'd like to just mention that we've had a little bit of developments in the latest leaking saga of the house. We had this crazy rain, and I think you remember that we had some leaks in our roof, and it hadn't hit the studio. Well, ironically enough, the rain stopped And then I had this crazy leak in my studio and it was very terrifying because it was a major leak underneath the studio and the hot water heater was on and it was just scalding water was filling up the slab of concrete underneath the studio and it was filling it up and steam was just rising from the ground and it was getting so hot that the whole studio felt like the heat had been left on high for days. And luckily I was here. Luckily I work from home. Luckily I have my studio close by because I caught it in time and nothing was damaged. But just a quick little reminder to everybody to keep track of your studio, keep track of your artwork, make sure things are on point and make sure that, you know, if you're gone, you're having somebody check in on your stuff because you don't want to have hundreds of paintings worth hundreds of thousands of dollars in your studio and have that be demolished in one fell swoop of a leaky pipe that bursts or something like that so enough said just a quick and important reminder to artists out there so let's move on to collecting and collectors and selling your work to collectors in this special episode of the living artist podcast yes (laughs) that's too much fun had to bring it back Bringing it all back. So, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about collecting. And we have collectors that listen to this podcast. So some of you might be wondering, how do I collect my first piece? Or what am I looking for when I'm collecting my first piece? And there are varying degrees of collectors. And there are collectors with different intentions. And there's a whole hodgepodge of criteria when it comes to collecting art. So we're just going to get into it. And then at the end, we're going to tie it in with how that connects with you and your art. So as a collector, if you're, let's say you're collecting your first piece of artwork. What are you really looking for when you're collecting your art? Like what's important for you to look at when you're collecting art? And really, it's very basic. And no, it's not to match your couch. Although, let's face it, as artists, that's the last thing we want to hear. But it is practical. Some people do need to match their furniture. It reminds me of the Basquiat movie where they're getting a preview of his show that's about ready to happen. And they're like, I just, it's just, it's kind of institutional. There's too much, there's too much green in it or too much red or whatever. And he's like, would you you want me to make it a nice shit brown for you? (laughs) Anyway, Yeah, so that does happen. Uh, And you know what? Some of it is practical and some of it's just our egos, artists. And yeah, sometimes people are going to be matching their furniture or a color scheme or they're going to have an interior interior director, interior decorator who is going to be matching this stuff up with furniture and all that. And that's fine. That doesn't detract from the art. The most important thing as a collector is that you, obviously, you love the art. It's something that resonates with you. It's something that you can see yourself you know, having in your life for a long time, something that you're connecting with emotionally, something that means something to you that will transcend the color of your couch. Let's say you move, let's say you upgrade couches. You're still going to want that art around, obviously, when that transition happens. It has to be something that really affects you and connects to you on some sort of emotional level. And that can be, you know, happiness. It can be sorrow. It could be something cathartic that connects with you. It can be any number of emotions, But that has to be there because it's something that really should speak to you and should be something that you know you can relate to or resonate with and something that maybe even reminds you of a certain era or a certain emotion you had when you first saw the piece or a certain period of your life that you were going through that connected you with the art. It should be that important to you. I really believe that when you're collecting art. Now, for the collector who wants to take it up a notch, you want to level up your game. Well, maybe you want to relate to the artist too. Maybe you want to take it away from just the piece or add to the power of the piece with the story of the artist or the connection that you have with the artist. So maybe you want to get to know the artist a little bit. Get to know them, follow them on Instagram, follow them on their website, maybe subscribe to the newsletter, get to know their story a little bit, get to know their process a little bit, and then it adds another layer to what you're collecting. It's like, did you know that the artist uses these types of tools? Or did you know that the artist went through this in their own life and then they put this into their work and that really speaks to me and blah, 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 blah. Or did you know that this artist also comes from this area that I come from? You know, whatever that connection is for you, that adds another layer of collectability To you. It's going to speak to you for years to come because you have not only that emotional resonance with the piece itself, but with the artist, something that connected you to that artist. That makes it even more powerful. So that's something you're going to look for too when you're collecting a piece of art. But now let's take this up even another notch for the savvy collector out there, for the collector who wants the emotional connection to the piece, has the color connection to the piece, has the emotional connection or whatever connection to the artist, their background or some sort of synchronicity there. But also you want to have this eventually be an asset for you. You want to be something that you're collecting that's going to have value, that's going to at least retain its value and maybe hopefully go up in value and be something that you can at some point sell for a profit. You know That's a reality in the art world. That's something that we all have to know. And, and that's a win-win for artists as well. If your artwork gets sold for more money later on, that increases the value of your art in general. So that's also a win-win. And hopefully this person will have the art and it'll speak to them for a couple decades or a decade. And it's going to mean a lot to them and do something in their house. And then they will turn around and sell this for a profit. That's something that a collector might want to look at. And how do you find an artist like that? Well, you have to be aware of the art world a little bit. You have to be aware of art trends, you have to be aware of this artist as a human being and as a person and their career. Maybe you've been following this artist for a while and you see them leveling up and stepping up their game with the caliber of galleries that they're in, with the price point of their work. Uh if, you know, they're showing in a blue chip gallery all of a sudden, if they have a big collector who's collecting their work, if they're getting some, you know, art in public places, they're getting Uh, sponsored by people, you know, they're getting artistic grants and things like that, that is leveling up their game. Being aware of this artist trajectory is important. And, you know, a lot of people think it's like the stock market, you want to buy cheap and sell, you know, high. Well, yeah, you do. But at the same time, you don't really know exactly what cheap is. Like you could be looking to buy an artist for a hundred dollars and then hoping to sell for a hundred thousand dollars, but this artist might be a hobby artist that never goes any further than that, or they don't ever really advance in their career. And so your art isn't even worth a hundred dollars. So it's not necessarily about just buying it at bargain basement prices. Like for me, for example, you know, I sell my work typically from around, you know, a thousand dollars to... 10 or 11 or $12,000. And, you know, that might be out of your price range right now. But for somebody who's really collecting, buying a piece for five grand or 10 grand, if it ends up being worth hundreds of thousands of dollars later, that's also a really good purchase and a really good investment. So it's not always just about buying it at bargain basement prices, it's about buying art at, you know, a level of affordability for that artist in their context at that point of their career development. So that's something that's important. If you're really looking into that, obviously you can work with galleries, you can work with art advisors, you can work with like an agent who will tell you these things, but you can also do that digging and that research on your own and become a connoisseur of art. And figure that stuff out for yourself, which is kind of fun and exciting. It can be a hobby for you. It could be something that you look at as an investor. It could be a skill that you developed as a collector, which is finding artists who are doing well in their career right now, who have a trajectory that would make them worthy of being collected and something that you can hold on to and enjoy and then turn a profit at some point and have somebody else buy it and have it be of value to them. So that's the upper level of collecting art. And you don't have to do that. You can just be a person who likes art. So these are different tier levels. They're all valid. They're all fine. They're all good. But you know, maybe you want the best of all those worlds. You want to be somebody who loves the art, connects with the artist, connects with the piece and collects the work as an investment that will increase in value for you. Why not have the best of all worlds? Art is always going to be around, and to my knowledge, art is still increasing. It's a multi-billion dollar industry and it's continuing to grow, whether that be through NFTs or, you know, tangible art from brick and mortar galleries. That's one thing that with AI art that I don't think will ever detract from art because it doesn't have that human connection. So let's say you're buying AI art because you just like the quality of the piece or the imagery in it that's fine. There are people out there who are going to do that. And if that works for you, wonderful. There's no playbook for how you have to specifically buy art. If that's something that fulfills the need for you, great. But you're not going to have that emotional connection to something that's made by a robot. You're not going to have that emotional connection to the artist because there is no artist that's living and breathing. You're not going to have a connection to their story. And let's face it, AI art is probably not going to be increasing in value. So that's fine. You can still get AI art if you're collecting that art that is made by artificial intelligence or that kind of software you can buy that if it fulfills a need for you of like i just want to fill some space of my couch with this imagery that i'm putting in you can do that but it is not going to fulfill all those other human needs i really believe that and i think that's going to become more apparent to collectors and the art world in general as we move forward yeah but like what about for the artist? Ah, that's just too fun. And I'm glad you asked. What about for the artist? So, if collecting is really a symbiotic relationship, which I truly believe it is, and I've got collectors who are friends. I've got collectors who I don't know from around the world who we stay connected now and I would consider to be friends. And collectors who just like my work and keep coming back and buying more pieces. That is all a relationship. And that's something that is a symbiotic relationship. You're fulfilling a need for a collector who loves your work, who loves to hang the work, maybe has some value in it intrinsically and also adds some investment value to them. And you're selling your work to somebody who really appreciates your work and you're making money from your work. So it is definitely a symbiotic relationship. So knowing what the collector is looking for and knowing what different tier levels of collectors are looking for is important for an artist to know because it shows you what you need to be looking for in your own artistic game and practice, right? If somebody is obviously at the very basic level looking for something that they connect with emotionally, that resonates with them, that means you have to be putting thought and emotion and skill into your work. You should be always looking to increase your skill level and your emotional connection and the catharsis that goes into your own work, because that's what's going to resonate with the collector. You should also be working on, as I've talked about, your own story, your own process, making your process you know, more visible to people and more interesting to people. Like, how do you work on your art? What gives you your inspiration? What is your process like? What tools do you use? Do you use anything that's unique or interesting? What is it about your background that feeds your art that is interesting, that will connect with a collector? These are all things that are important for you to know about yourself and also to highlight about yourself when you're talking to collectors or when you're showcasing yourself online or through a gallery or whatever or just talking to somebody in a gallery that comes to your show because that's another element that's going to make them want to connect with you and your art. So that's number two. Number three is understanding that art will be an investment for some people or for a lot of people really. Even if they don't know it at the time, art might turn out to be an investment for them later on in life and the pieces that they collect. So you should be upping your game. You should be learning more about the art world. You should be trying to get into bigger and better galleries. You should be you know, upping your prices when that is necessary. And that's for another podcast, obviously. You can listen back to other episodes. But you should be increasing your price point at certain levels. Once you've established that you can sell at a certain level and you have sold to many people at that level, you should be looking to increase your price point. You should be looking at some point to get into blue chip galleries. You should be upping your game and looking for different venues that will help you establish yourself as a very serious and collectible artist down the road. These are all things that you should be doing. And if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because you are aware of that or you at least want to get better at that. So, these are all things that you can be doing to help that symbiotic relationship with a collector. And that is exciting. At the very least these are all fun things that are part of the artistic process, part of, you know, selling your work and collecting artwork and being part of the art world and understanding the art world. It's all its own ecosystem. It's exciting. you know. It's exciting to be an artist. It's exciting to be a collector. You can really sink your teeth into all this stuff. So I just wanted to give it a little bit of time. I wanted to give it its day in court. (laughs) And uh, hopefully you found this episode to be interesting. If you'd like to reach out to me, do so on social media. Let me know what you think. And we will be bringing you a very good interview coming up the next week or so. So keep your eyes peeled for that. That's going to be really exciting. And as always, stay creative. Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. And we'll see you next time. Yeah, so I'm going to like go. I don't really see anything that's going to match my couch in here. Fine. Get out of here. I didn't think you were to. Oh my God, God, wait. Is this couch for sale? It is so cute. That's it. I give up. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMSArtwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.